0: Welcome to The Atypical Leader with Rick Brennan, where we talk about harnessing what makes you unique and maybe even a little odd, while at the same time dismantling the notion that you have to be a certain type of person or act a certain way to be an effective leader. definitely a leader, not a follower. I like the sound of this. It's time for us atypical leaders to come out of the shadows and learn to be proud and confident in what makes us different.
1: I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of who I am. Atypical Leader starts now. Hello, Judy.
0: Hello, Rick.
1: How are you? I am so well. I'm very well, thank you. I'm here in Calgary. You are. You I are. Am. And I must say, I you know, this is the first time to your home. Yes. And uh, and I know you always talk about, oh, I'm out working in my gardens and all that sort right. of stuff. I right. must say they're very impressive. Well, thank you. They're thank very, you. very nice. Yes, 30 years. It's 30 taken years, me. yeah, but in the front and the back, and I mean, Jesus, oh it's all like, wow.
0: Sometimes I got to shoot myself for doing it all. Well, no, it's
1: a, <laughs> I can see that it's a ton of work. You're like yeah. the, the flower queen.
0: Yeah, I do enjoy it. It's, it's my chill time. My chill time.
1: Well, that's good. That's yeah. Good good so here we are again
0: yeah back. podcasting yeah and together again together it's so nice yeah there's a song yeah. in there. Is there a song in there do you yeah, want to well, sing
1: someday it? we'll have to do a little song thing a little you know, karaoke karaoke
0: huh? all right so uh today i think we should talk about how do you know what to believe and what path to follow
1: isn't it the age-old question right yep I'm still to trying to figure it out. Well, it is a challenge at times. <laughs> it you is, know, yeah. Is. So
0: as far back as humans have been telling stories, you know, the guys used to go around and tell the stories all the time yep. from town to town, there's always been two or more sides of the story. So typically, the, throughout history, pardon me, the first person to tell the story determines the truth. Absolutely. Right? He can be talking... Such bullshit. But he starts it, so he's telling the truth. Anyone after that that comes in has to disprove that the astor- original story was wrong. Correct. And that's hard to do, right? It can be. And then if a person of authority, say like the king back in those days, says it's so, well, it was so. That's yep. it. Yep. And of course, that led to many mistruths and fairy tales over the centuries.
1: Yes, that's right. And think about that in today's world.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> God
1: yeah. You got to, it's all kind of a global point of view. Social media has given everyone an opinion and the ability to state their own version of the facts and their version of the truth. Right, right. And made them oh all experts, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. Over the last couple of decades, telling a story or creating the narrative has become an art form. People actually go to school, you know. To become experts
0: in this field is called a communications degree. Their job is to have you believe and buy into the narrative that they create. And the narrative is usually determined by the person in authority and reflects their beliefs. And it's all meant to make us believe a certain point of view. So how does creating a narrative work? Well,
1: here's what I see from my experience. You know, the old days haven't changed much. The first person to create the narrative yeah. really determines the truth. It gives everybody that advantage. Right. Okay. Now, that's unless you're late to the conversation, and if you're late to the conversation, then other people have already curated that so-called truth. Okay. Well, then you depends on the situation. Silence might be the best, right, best right. thing to do. Okay. Okay. Now, if your intent is to mislead, a Which- critical piece. Might be to you. Got to mix in truth with the lie, right? Okay, right. Because the yeah. truth could be, yeah, I saw, I saw Rick at the movies. Boop, you got a picture of Rick at the movies, right? Or I saw this, or I saw that, or I heard this, or remember Rick did this back then, right? And which then you add to that story, which projects, oh yeah, I know that that happened. So yeah, so the problem, rest of it must be true. All the rest of it right. must be true. Yeah, finding quick adopters and supporters. OK, so it's like if all of a sudden you hear a story and you go, well, Johnny and Susie told me that, too. Must oh, be true. it must be true. Right. OK, they got it. These are all strategies. I start things that happen by mistake. It's like a checklist to go down. Right. OK. And then if an authority figure, because we still have the thing that the boss is the smartest and that sort of thing, if mm-hmm. they come in and, and, and tell you that it's true as well. And they could do that very slickly and, you know, right. directly or indirectly or however they might choose. Right. But it's like the boss told me so. And then there's the slogans. Oh, I get a great kick out of these. <laughs> Where there's <laughs> smoke, there's fire. Well, now, not necessarily. Not necessarily, no. 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 It says bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, you know. Yeah. And then, of course, we've already mentioned social media. You know, it has a tremendous influence on people. You just don't know what to believe today. And. There's no accountability to what people say. So yeah, almost can't believe anything you hear on social media. Thinking about it, how does it affect us atypicals? Well, you know what? That's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, we're unique in the way we act, the way we think. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of times that doesn't match the stereotype, right? which then could, could be really used against you. Well you know he's out there, he really doesn't think like us, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. i've I listen, we've talked about this a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. right, yeah, I have a lot of regrets, a lot of things I like, like to change, right, and those type of things could be used against me in the future. Mm -hmm. So Rick did this back in that day. You know, Rick stole the chocolate bar when he was 12 years old. So that means he's a stealer. Right, right. right. Can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. Right. Or whatever. It can portray your inabilities, your immaturity, your unprofessional. It could portray those things in all however they choose to. Your atypicalness really may be used to show that you don't fit in. Like here's how we operate. Here's how we think. It's that elusive executive presence. Right. Okay. And you know what? To be honest, I'm not like other executives. No, I'm shocked. No, but, but no, I'm not like <laughs> no, them. No, you're not. I don't want to be like them. But when it, the, the viewpoint is from a typical point of view, mm-hmm. it really makes you think. well, he doesn't fit in. Oh, definitely. You know? I can
0: see that. Well, I was, same here. Ditto. So, right. the, so the term neurodiversity is coming more into the spotlight, right? I mean, conceptually, people get the idea and maybe even grasp the positive aspect that we can bring, that's a really good thing, don't you think?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. That we live in this world where, you know, we're valuing everyone's opinion, that actually we're seeking out opinions from people who aren't like me. It's one thing to have the rah-rah thing going. Right. Have the thing that, yeah, we want to do what we just said. The hope is that the intent Mm -hmm. and the practical application are the same thing. If it goes that way, it should create opportunities for neurodivergent and us atypical thinkers.
0: But will it? Mm, why do you question that? That it might not improve opportunities for us?
1: Well, I you know I've been in the boardrooms. Let's use my experience and use diversity as a case study. Okay. Everybody knows for decades now, diversity has become an important strategy for business community. Mm-hmm. The narrative was hire and promote people of different race, colors. Religious, background, sexual orientation, and so on and so forth. Right. Which changed the hiring practices for countless companies across the world, really. Yeah, because they had quotas to fill, didn't they? Well, yeah, kind of quotas, Mm. yeah. Okay. In the beginning, and then, you know, then I think, you know, it's grown from there for sure. Okay. But however, in my experience, especially in those executive meetings, you know, okay, let me be clear. Diversity is alive and well. Okay. Every company, every executive that I've ever encountered believes that the the workforce should be diverse.
0: Okay, so so that's what we're hoping to happen with neurodiversity,
1: right? Yeah, but it depends. Okay, let me just take a minute okay. here. So, okay. everybody wants to be diverse, but what does that mean? Because there's the image of diversity mm-hmm. i walk in and i see people different colors and I, I know that you know all, all those boxes are checked mm-hmm. but diversity isn't diversity really diversity of thought using people's experiences cultural backgrounds lifestyles to create different ways of approaching issues and, and coming up with solutions
0: you would think so yes you would think that would be that they would, if they're hiring people of color or whatnot, they would take their their approach to life into account.
1: Really, we really want to take advantage of everyone's different way of thinking, right? And that creates a unique perspective, and then use those perspectives to guide business decisions, right? But what have I seen in companies when they hire diverse individuals? They're really looking for individuals who fit into the traditional box and the standard way of thinking and operating. People who really match the company profile.
0: So really, while the narrative is about creating diversity, it ends up that, yes, there are diverse types of people, people of color, genders, etc. They aren't really changing the climate of the business. They're just changing the face of it. Like you said, when you walk in, you see, you know, a, you a, a it diverse. All, it all looks like it. it the all image looks of diverse. it is yeah. there. The image is there, but the thinking
1: That's the thing, that's the thing, yes. Right, It's got to be about diversity of thought. Think about it. Okay. We, newer, diverse, and atypical thinkers, Mm -hmm. think differently, have a unique perspective, and really do come up with different and innovative type of solutions based on the way our brain works. What we bring to the party is different thinking. But in reality, the hiring process eliminates most of us newer, diverse, Personality profiles, work experience requirements, the ability to shine in an interview, the ability to effectively tell our story, remain high in the list of hiring requirements. They, for all practical purposes, eliminate the atypical or neurodiverse person. That's not how we shine. If you want us, you have to develop other matrix or look at hiring very differently. Sure, the token atypical to be hired will be put in our... Cubicle and given task to do. The box will be checked, but we'll never give you what you can get from us. You'll never really take advantage of our skills and our perspective.
0: So it's kind of like the old catch twenty two. Most executives have progressed through the company based on their way of thinking and self reliance. So it really feels natural for them to hire people like themselves who value their way of thinking as opposed to
1: someone who's different from them. Oh, exactly. 100%. For the typical executive, too much diversity of thought is just a pain in the ass. (laughs) It just slows down the machine. Do do, do you remember being that, Bill Um, Rick? A pain in the ass? (laughs) Yes, but in a different way, in a different way. Look at me. With all the success I've had over the years, I was never invited to the yearly leadership forum that they brought all the high performers to. Can you imagine in 15 no. years of success, top tier performers, even in sometimes getting the best performance rating in the company, my approach and style was, was seen as unexecutive like with limited advancement opportunities. Unbelievable. If it hadn't been for my good fortune, my profile style and testing results and lack of interviewability, or, I love my favorite, executive flair, would have killed any chance that I had of getting those jobs. On top of that, I spent a career defending my approach and standing up for my team as corporate executives, VPs, SVPs, downplayed, and even criticized our success. They would tell us how lucky we were to have easy customers and employees and unions when the reality was that we knew how to deal with these groups of people, regardless of how difficult they might be.
0: Didn't that frustrate you and your team? I mean, you work so hard and and they just say, oh, you had easy customers. You didn't really have to do anything to have that happen.
1: Well, it did and it didn't. I mean, yes, of course. On the top, we worked hard and we'd want to get the pat on the back. All right. But at that point, I think we were kind of in our little bubble in Atlantic Canada. We were just used to shaking our head with the level of unawareness that most executives have. And I can't say all. Oh, I've had all right. some very good and smart bosses who really got it, but the majority were really unaware. Wow! It really didn't satisfy their narrative that you appreciate, could do that. That yeah. we could do that and pull it off, what we right? Yeah. Wow.
0: Do you have some other examples?
1: Oh, listen, there are countless. You know, certainly as I went through the ranks and I started being more and more successful, I don't think my approach really, you know, masked again, like we were saying right. with the other executives. right? You know, so there was a time when we convinced a major, one of our major customers had decided to leave and actually had even signed the contract with the competitor. Okay. And on, we're on their way out. Now, we got... Word of this, and you know, my sales manager and I just ran off into the to see all the stores, drove around, talked to everybody, and we convinced the majority of stores to reject the offer at the company meeting. Wow! Which really caused them to have to re-sign with us and brought them back into our fold. Okay. But here's the crazy thing: instead of because at, at the point when we're doing this, everyone's well, they're gone. There's nothing you can do about it, and my atypical attitude was like... <laughs> no, they're not. Fuck that. No, <laughs> yeah, they're not. Yeah. I knew the relationships I had, <laughs> right. so we went out and did it. And at the end, you know, they said, oh, you guys are great street fighters. And, you know, and we need you in the company too. Almost downplaying our abilities to get this done.
0: You mean you didn't walk into the boardroom and get, you know, people standing and clapping
1: and stuff? No, we didn't get that. Oh, my God. And, uh, and worse than that, we were kind of, because it was so far gone, they threw right. some bonuses on the table, said, if you get it done, we'll give you these bonuses. And then... The boss at the time. Remember, it's all about individuals, right? right? It's yeah. not about companies, individuals. You know, is that not, not giving you the bonus? What the fuck? Are no, you serious? No, no, that's all right. But, you know, it was what it was, and we moved on from there. Oh, my
0: God. That's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it is what it is, though.
0: And Street Well, you know, Street Fighters, that's not, you know, I mean, that's not really bad. Well, no, I mean, it
1: does downplay you it from does. credible yeah. it Well, definitely. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. sure.
0: But you can, again, be both Oh, at the but same I, have time. Examples, oh, I have more
1: examples, Oh, in your examples. back
0: pocket. You, you know, got so many. I know. We talked
1: about, you know, the integrated supply chain yeah. model that we created and came up with, which is first of its kind in the world. Right. And when we finally got that done, listen, everybody did applaud in the boardroom and all that sort Good. of stuff. Everyone was very, very happy. I mean, it was the biggest automation deal in the history of the company. Wow. But when it came to implementation... You know, that's mm-hmm. when the company decided, oh, we better send in all the smart people to help Rick and his team, who had just achieved the impossible, and a lot of that just being tremendously organized and focused. And, you know, they wanted to approach things in a way that just didn't match the way that we did things. Right. So, you know, we argued and we fought about that. In the end, I was in Atlanta, Canada. The person that they sent down got was allowed to take their narrative back to the corporate office, convince the other executives of Rick's cooperation okay which probably used other facts in the past remember rick oh, right, yes. stuff yeah yeah rick's, rick's stubborn rick's put all that, that truth in there there's truth in there yeah there put that truth it, in you're there you're yeah there. <laughs> so it got so bad my boss had to reduce my performance rating but are I, remember, you serious? I just signed the biggest deal and i i have to reduce my performance rating because i'm not acting professional in their minds, or right? Executives' minds, right? When I, in my mind, was saying, I will not allow this person to diminish my team or display corporate bullying. Right. So you stood up to him. I stood up to it, but it cost. It, I mean, like I say, less bonus, less all of that because my performance. Oh my performance god! Ain't god. Down. I can't
0: believe that. And and just 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 back up for a sec. Send in the smart people. What well, do, the what people they saying?
1: they perceive as as have done it before can structure this in the way it needs to be structured. They don't even know what you've done. Oh no, they know. They know what I've done. To be honest, okay, but but I've already got a team. I'm yeah. already organized. I mean, no, I mean, l- listen. We've talked enough in this podcast with my performance and in, uh, in implementation yeah. track record. Yeah, exactly. Pretty, well, that's what I'm saying. You, know, you know. I know, I mean, but you get other people who. You gotta understand it goes back to the difference between an atypical thinker and a right. typical thinker. Yeah. Mine was done as better than perfect approach. Right. Other executives are steering committees, complexity, lots of analysis, lots right. of spreadsheets, lots of this, and that's what they want. Right. And and I wasn't taking my team down that path. Right, right. So and it set us into a conflict of opinion. Yeah. And one I wasn't really to give. Now. I would get beat up at times and I'd have to pull it back a little mm-hmm, bit, but at course. the end I still never never allowed that to happen
0: right right but but as you said the person that came from toronto was allowed to go back and create his narrative her narrative oh sorry her narrative and that went viral so to speak
1: well so to speak yeah. so through the company didn't matter and that's the game you play if you're going to be atypical i knew i had to stick to my way i did things. okay and got appreciated the implementation of this went great we didn't compromise we managed to happen uh she would be forced to leave the company, and I'd get promoted. So, you there know, you it is what it is, but it was based on me sticking to my guns, not compromising my guns. For Compromising would have satisfied one group of uh, executives. Right. Sticking to my guns impressed another. Right, exactly. Okay, right. and those are things you need to understand. Right. Karma. So, I, I mean, I, mean I, I, I have other ones and we've talked, but yeah. I don't really think we need to go through it. But there's other example where, yeah, why the hell? Let's go through yeah, it. Let's, you know, let's. I have one more example okay. that I would use where, you know, again, another company, another customer had decided to leave the company. Okay. I, again, I knew that those customers very, very well and had very strong relationships. So I'm kind of like, nah, you're not, <laughs> you're not leaving. So I went and I convinced 20 of those customers to leave the company, to leave their banner and come over to my company, Okay, which really stimulated a conversation with the entire group and, again, caused them to, to break their present contract and come back to our company. Wow, okay. The result of that was the no guy who was running the banner and saying, why don't you mind your own business? These aren't your stores. Why are you dealing with it? His. Narrative was really more based on his ego, Mm -hmm. you know. And most narratives are based on ego. Yeah, ego in the sense that this is the way I've done it and I believe it to be the truth. You know what I mean?
0: Well, yes, but I'm going to disagree in some ways because I'm going to say people with big egos can't be shown up. Um, They can't have anyone be better than them. And you went out and got 20 stores. He didn't do it. And so his no. ego wouldn't allow him to, he made up a narrative, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Agree with everything you said. Okay. But look at it from this point of view, from the atypical and the typical thinker. Okay. The typical thinker has built a career in self-reliance. Right. They, 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 their career, their success is that I did it. And Well, that's the ego, though, too. Okay, but the point is, it's not, sometimes the ego is just bravado. This is learnt. This is learned that I've been successful by relying on myself, and I've got to continue to rely on myself, as opposed to an atypical. My success is not built on self-reliance; it's built on help, getting right. help from other right. people. So I just there's two really different worlds happening here. Right. Where I want the help, I, I need all that. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm helping you, so this is mm-hmm. wonderful. Where he's saying, I'm always telling myself, I really don't need your help, and then yeah. that bravado saying, you know, fuck off.
0: Yeah, mind your own business. Your right. Own business. Okay.
1: But it's funny. It's crazy. It's an endless list of contradictions where my group consistently drove the company's success to a large part and the profitability, yet we are criticized by most executives for not following protocol. It seemed that regardless of how effective I was at bringing the financial results and building team engagement, the actual words in the mission statement, I was never seen as a leader by this group of executives. To them I lacked a certain polish, style and my favorite Executive Flair.
0: So Executive Flair, give me a Oh no, but yeah. I gotta say
1: about Executive Flair. It's nowhere on the mission statement. No, it I'm can't, sure it's, it's not, not posted not. <laughs> on the on the on the, <laughs> the bulletin board. It's not on any of the posters around the office. Right, right. It's kind of the golden key to the executive boardroom. Oh, okay. You know, you know like is it how you dress, how you talk, is it I wish I could give you examples of it. I think that it's all of the above. All of the above. I mean, there's a typical approach, a typical look, a typical way that people who live in one bubble see the world. Right. Okay? I lived in another bubble. I admit that readily. Right, right. And what we need to do in the future is those bubbles need to come together. The typical need to appreciate that we need out-of-the-box thinkers. those out-of-the-box thinkers aren't just minions to run around and do things for you. There are people who can guide the company's mission and values and and create results just as well as you. And it's going to have to be a mixture of typical and atypical thinkers to get the best of both worlds and drive the performance of companies.
0: All right. That sounds fair.
1: (laughs) Judy, it's only when I started reporting directly to the decision makers that my approach became acceptable, that my career accelerated. When they could see me in action, when they understood the culture and how we got Things to happen right. that there became an appreciation for that, and they said, "Yeah, we can use a little." And hats off to them—the Apollos and Nicks, the lands of the world. Right, right, okay. So they weren't so worried about the the executive flair.
0: Okay. Do you have any uh, takeaways for our atypical and neurodiverse listeners today?
1: For sure, for sure. I think it, it's important to remain proud of your atypicalness or your neurodiverse characteristics. Right. People will create narratives that may try and convince you to abandon your approach and your style. I can guarantee it. That sounds like it. Yeah, You need to understand that if you conform to the status quo, you pretty much eliminate your skills. You can't let that happen. We just can't compete with typical thinkers using typical methodology. And you shouldn't try. So hold tight to who you are, no matter how... What anyone says, no matter how convincing their arguments, own who you are. Think of uh, someone on the phone there for you, Judy. So it looks okay. like we've got to go.
0: We've got we to go. So another great one. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> nice to have you in Calgary with me.
1: Thanks for joining us today and listening to another episode of A Typical Leader. If you haven't already done so, like, share, and follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. By liking and sharing, you will help other atypicals find all of us, so we can all start to leverage the stories, strategies, and strengths of what make us all unique. Keep listening and remember, take charge and push away those self-doubts. Leverage what we're talking about, be confident in who you are, and proud of what makes you unique. So join me, Rick Brennan, and my co-host Judy Sims on the next episode of The Atypical Leader. To learn more about us, leadership, and neurodiversity, please go to our website, atypicalleader.com.
0: Thanks for listening. Let's do it again next week.